Death by Fermentation, a Wannabe Bond Adventure. It was early morning. I rolled over on my coffee couch, yawned, and choked on the cigarette butt still on my lips from the night before. Padding over to the bar, I opened my top drawer, poured myself a scotch on the rocks, and drank breakfast in a single gulp. Suddenly, the door swung open and a dame walked in. She was big, blonde, and she was beautiful. Before I could speak, she came up to me and grabbed my hand. You've got to help me. I'm in trouble. Then you've come to the right place, I told her. I looked her up and down. Her dress was so short that you could plan a trip to the promised land and be back before the meter ran out. I whipped out my calling card, and with barely a glance at my credentials, she nodded. I'm a dancer down at the Gentleman's Relish. I go by the name of Tootie La Fruit. My brother works at the bar there. He's in deep trouble with the owner. Please, we need your help. I know the Gentleman's Relish Club. It was a bit too spicy for my taste. Even so, I said, Well, lady, if you've got the money, I've got the time. I usually check out at a hundred bucks a day, but for you, I'll do it for two fifties. My little joke went over her head. Oh, thank you. That's a really good price. I'll return the favor double. Honest. I watched her sway on her high heels, each curve going in a different direction. Outside, her white Mercedes was parked in a no-parking zone. It was the only car there. We got in, and by jumping a few red lights, it took us five minutes to cover a 20-minute ride. We finally cruised into an alley behind the club. The sultry sound of a torch singer wafted up the stairs, and I found my nostrils flaring from the smoke. When we got inside, I could see why. A dame was singing, Come on, baby, light my fire. And she was igniting every man in the room. Tootie sashayed her way to the dance floor and began to gyrate in time to the music. She pulled me towards her and held me close. Her hands were all over me, finding their way into every crevice. My knees went stiff at the joints. Suddenly, she stopped dancing and made her way to the bar. She turned and disappeared into a back room. Before I could follow, she came out again, followed by a heavyweight who looked as if he was on sick leave. He appeared to have more tattoos than IQ. This is my brother, Dwayne. Dwayne, meet one Arby Bond. Dwayne's toothless grin was like a Halloween lantern. I've heard a lot about you, Wanabi. I've heard you're often shaken, but rarely stirred. <laughs> I ignored his jibe. I understand you've got yourself in a bit of a pickle with Big Eddie, I said. Not a bright move, Buster. Adjusting her dress so that all the packaging was in the right places, Tootie said, I'm just going to the back room. I'll whistle if I need you. I was going to say that she could pucker up for me any time, but changed my mind. Instead, I turned to the human canvas and asked, So, what's the trouble? His face crumbled like a baked apple. I owe Big Eddie a lot of dough, he said. I was about to tell him I thought owing dough to Big Eddie might be a bit sticky, 
but could see he was in no mood for humor. Instead, I ask, where does he hang out? Dwayne nodded behind him. He's having dinner in the back room. He's a gold card player. Only goes for big stakes. Stay here, I told him. I turned towards the back room. Suddenly, a shot rang out. I ran into the darkened room and immediately tensed as I heard the sounds of a scuffle over in the corner, behind a large room device. A dame's muffled voice was crying out, No! No! Let me go! Let me go! Only a single light bulb dangled from the ceiling, and I could see the shadow of a great big dude throttling Tootie. In a single bound, I threw the screen across the floor, grabbed him by his shoulder pads, and pulled him off her. With a much-practiced Bruce Lee move, I gave him a left and a right. His body landed on the floor, and his brains landed in the waste paper basket. What the hell is going on? came from my lips as I rolled him over. From the hole in his head, I could see he was dead and would be the same tomorrow. Hearing a sound behind me, I reached for my piece, but found to my horror it wasn't in my pocket. I turned and saw Duane come into the room from another door. He was carrying a small box. He did not look friendly. I reached for my sock gun, but before I could get to it, I heard Tootie call out, Cool it, Wanarby. I've got you covered. Not the way I had planned it, lady. I thought as I straightened up and turned to look at her. Duane had opened the box and there was my gun, carefully stashed on a clean white handkerchief. He had a grin on his face like a cat that has left the sour cream for the dog. For a moment I was confused. Then I remembered the erotic dance sequence Tootie and I had consummated when we arrived. Now I knew what her hands had been after. It had certainly not been my credentials. Suddenly I heard a siren as a police car made its way down the main street. Tootie gave a brittle laugh. She hadn't been in any danger at all. There wasn't a mark on her. I had been wrestling with a dead guy. She had staged her little charade just for my benefit, knowing I would go to her rescue. Big Eddie had obviously been slugged with my gun before I came into the room. Bad luck, sucker. <laughs> Dwayne needed someone to get rid of Big Eddie for him. See, Eddie has a funny old-fashioned notion that all Dwayne's debts should be and would be paid. My mind went into four-letter asterisks. I realized I had been set up. I suppose you've got an alibi, I shouted to Duane, who was still hanging around like a bad smell. His mouth opened in a grin as big as the San Andreas Fault. Sure, I've been with my date all evening, he said, nodding toward Tootie. I thought she was your sister, I said. Yeah, well, she would have been if my mother had got together with her father. But as it was, they never had the pleasure of being introduced. I looked at the dame, and she shrugged in mock apology. Sorry, hon. I'm just the original girl who can't say no, especially to ten grand, she confessed. Just then, two burly policemen bounded in. Okay, which one of you three called the pig? One of them asked, brandishing his thirty-eight. I did, officer, Tootie said demurely. 
Sprite was harassing me, and Big Eddie kindly came to my rescue. She looked at me as if I was a social disease. Then she took out her gun and shot him in the face. The gun is right there. She pointed to my pristine, fingerprinted gun now on the floor beside the corpse. I decided to play it cool. Okay, officer, it's a fair cop, I said quietly, and could see the look of triumph pass between the two crooks. But not for me, for them, I said as I sprang across the room. I've got something to show you. With that, I began to tear at my shirt and was just going for my pants when the gun-happy cop grabbed me. Okay, smart arse, this ain't no show-and-tell class. Don't add desecration of a public place to the rap. Far from it, I said. Then I unclasped the miniature cameras I had secured behind my ornate gold tie pin and the other one from my belt buckle. Then I showed him the miniature tape recorder attached to my shade. I think you'll find the evidence you need, officer. Ever since I walked into this dive, I've been recording this setup on my high-frequency digitally mastered so-you-want-to-be-a-detective detective kit. The cop grinned and nodded. Gee, I've seen them advertised on eBay, and if you buy two, you get a free t-shirt. They took out a shiny pair of handcuffs and cuffed Duane and Tootie LaFruit together. I'll glue this wrap on you, Bond, if it's the last thing I do. Yes, me too, she said as the cop directed them to the door. She was looking decidedly sour. What you don't know, Wanarby Bond, is that Dwayne's brothers Wayne and Shane are all part of the pain gang. You're on borrowed time. You'll never age, was her final threat. Sure, baby, I'll drink to that, I grinned as I made my way out of the bar and out of the story. This city has a million great adventures, and this has not been one of them. You have been listening to Death by Fermentation, a Wannabe Bond adventure written and produced by Brianda Cross. Wannabe Bond was played by Julie Hoverson from 19 Nocturne Boulevard Productions, Tutti La Fruite by Brianda Cross, and Pete Lutz played Dwayne Payne and the Irish Cop. For more information on this and other productions, please go to fastfictionpodcast.com. Oh, and if you have enjoyed Wanabi's recent adventure, please give us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, thank you. Bye for now.